Hello there, welcome back to Causey's Conversations. I'm your host, Jared Causey. Thank you for tuning in today, tonight, or whenever you are in the future, maybe 10 years from now. I'm uh, glad you're here, or wherever you are. You're not here, here. like Wherever, that's what you said whenever, the first time. Whenever you are. Yeah, whenever, sure wherever you are, whatever. Either way, glad you're here. The point is, though, uh, I have a, a good friend back uh here to do another podcast with me, um, Clayton Carver. Um, he returned. Um, just the fans wanted him back. <laughs> That's right, man. They just can't get enough of me. It's great. Exactly. I mean, really, though, like all of the. Uh, what do you call your fans? You need a you need a name for your fan base. The, the uh, causations or something. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. I got to hit like a thousand fans or something there you go you're well on your way though yeah but no the your your podcast your episode hit the most i don't i don't know the final count but it is the most out of all my episodes so we so, made history man we did that palsy's conversations history so classic congratulations clay clayton um if you want an award thank you i, I will don't. stick this on my resume <laughs> So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I needed to bring Clayton back um, for the same, basically the same topic, but kind of going deeper, maybe touching on a, a few different topics within this overarching topic. But as you can see in the title, uh, we're going to be discussing uh, Progressive Christianity Part 2. Again. So this is a sequel. So, you know, most sequels are terrible, but this one's going to be better. Um, so we're, we're, our goal is to beat your previous record. So we got to get challenge accepted. Yeah, so we'll do it with you know, you know, with God, anything is possible. That's right. Or I'll just put on the affinity gauntlet and then just eliminate <laughs> half of your listens from everybody everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> I need those listens. <laughs> but uh, no, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, specifically. We're going to be talking about how um, how can you know your church is going down the progressive. Christianity uh, Road there. Uh, so we're going to be looking at an article from Alyssa Childers. Childers? Childers? I think it's a Childers. Childers. Uh, really awesome uh, speaker and, and person to go to about progressive Christianity. She was actually a progressive Christian at one point. Um, she was heading that direction for sure. But what I didn't know is that she was in, actually I think you said this last time yeah. and I didn't remember, she was in Zoe Girl. Yes, yeah, she was. And I was like, wow, I remember Zoe Girl from like YouTube yeah. videos. It's like them as Super Chick and Barlow Girl. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, no, she's doing really good work, and she's doing a lot of apologetics. Like, she's really into the whole apologetics scene. She does. Tugs right at my heart. Yep. I knew you would like her. Yep. Um, but, yeah, she, she wrote a really good article. Uh, I think it appeared in, the, I think, the Gospel Coalition as well. Um, I think it's that, It's been around a couple places, yeah. But, I mean, it's from her blog. Yeah. Yeah. So five signs your church might be heading toward progressive Christianity. Wow, it's a loaded topic, but it's um some good stuff here. And she got a lot of pushback, and she's responded to those uh, critiques. So um, we're not going to go into that today, though. Um, but we're just going to kind of talk about some of these points and, and going deeper into some other areas uh, regarding progressive Christianity. So... Um, Clayton, why don't uh, you go ahead and, and get started? Maybe talk a little bit about this uh, first point here uh, that she brings up. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it's an interesting blog, and like I said, the five signs that your church is going progressive. And we were talking kind of before we started recording that 
we thought it would be good. We kind of hit last time on like the individual progressive Christian kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of a cookie cutter. This is what it, this is what this kind of person would probably believe or probably think. Um, you know, everybody's different, but for the most part, that's probably kind of how they're thinking. Um, so this one, we're kind of looking more on the institution side, on the churches um, or seminaries or whatever that assign that they're going on the more progressive side. Um, because what, you know, listening to, I listened to a podcast that Alyssa Childers did, and she said that she had joined a church and she was really connected there and really liked the people there. And she got, as she got more involved and got to know the pastor and the people, um, she found out that the pastor basically identified as an agnostic. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Your pastor is saying, I don't know. And, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. But just, and then it, it led to a lot of the things that we're, that we're going to talk about from this list that she has. And she was like, the whole purpose of her doing this is like, she wants people to realize that, um, they could, you know, genuinely be, you know, chasing after Jesus and being a church that's going this direction. They don't even know it. Right. Because these are not necessarily details that are explicit, maybe in a Sunday morning service or whatever. Um, and she just wants people to be aware of, you know, if, if you want to be a part of this church, that's fine, but this is what it looks like. And this is what a non-progressive church looks like. Just so you, you're aware of where you're at. Right. Right. So, um, the first one she talks about is, um, basically something that I was hammering or we were both hammering, um, on the last episode is that there's a lowered view of the Bible. Um, and I think that's the whole root of the whole thing is the moment you start to lose respect or lose, um, or view the Bible as less authoritative than it's supposed to be. Um, you start to run into a myriad of problems. Oh yeah. Right. And from... And they could take you down numerous different paths, um, and, and that's kind of just where it starts. Is that in a in a progressive church, even if they don't identify that way, you just kind of sense that there's just this. The Bible's just another book. You know, it's helpful, it's spiritual, it's inspiring for the most part, um, but then there's other parts that are kind of, you know, not cool. So we just kind of ignore those or explain those away. Maybe, you know, if you go really far, you reinterpret it, right? Right. Um, so there's a couple of different things and things you would hear from, or things you would hear that would kind of, should put up some red flags are, um, you know, people saying that they disagree with the Bible on something. Um, you don't really hear that too often, but if you hear that, um, or they're like, well, the Bible condones immorality because there's all that murder and bloodshed in the Old Testament. Um, you know, there's that, or the Bible, um, you know, it contains the Word of God, but it's not all of the Word of God. There's definitely the human influence there, and, and, and there is, and there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, and maybe, maybe I should have prefaced, you know, all of that first with this, is that it's okay to have questions. Right. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay to wrestle through stuff, to not understand things, to say, look, I see this in Scripture, I don't, at first I'm like, I just don't know how God could say that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to believe that. I'm trying to wrestle with that. That's perfectly fine. That doesn't make you liberal. It makes you human, you know, to, to struggle with these things. Um, but when you um, start to, um, when you either stop wrestling or you 
um, you try and master the text rather than letting the text master you, you start to run into some issues, I think. Yeah, I mean, when people begin to question the Bible overall uh, to the extent that they, they say, well, you know, yeah, Jesus said this and, and Paul said this, but who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to Jesus or Paul? And they'll try to kind of uh, pit them to, uh, against each other, Jesus and Paul. And they'll almost claim that, that Jesus and Paul have a different gospel right. altogether almost. Right. Or Paul and James. Yeah, or, or, yeah Paul or James. Or Paul and James. Yeah. And, you know, like, for example, you know, people will bring up, well, Paul talks about homosexuality. Jesus never does. That's what, now, yeah. not, I believe. Not, not explicitly, but, yeah, you're but, right. But implicitly, he does. But, yeah. but it's still. But yeah, the principle's still there. Yeah. Now, I did talk about this in my last podcast, uh, actually. So, um, I think it's the last one. Uh, Why Christians should not celebrate Pride Month. Mm-hmm. That was my last podcast, and I bring this point up that that Jesus did really talk about homosexuality, but implicitly, yeah, essentially. And yeah. So, but and that's, that's where yeah, that's where I think. You know, not to make this super political, but I think the most visible you're going to be able to distinguish um, a progressive church from a traditional church. Um, I intentionally avoid avoid the words conservative and liberal, although those words, I think, work. Um, But progressive or traditional is the hot-button cultural issues, basically. Um, Homosexuality. um, I mean, a view of scripture is not like a hot-button cultural issue, but... It can be. It's a presupposition. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of where it goes, goes. Um, things like that. You know, where where a pastor or a person stands on that is gonna tell you a lot. Um, you know, and not that you define completely define a church by those issues, but it, it's it, it it can tell you kind of where kind of what kind of framework that church is probably gonna be operating in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, this is not telling you. Well, it kind of is telling you who's right, what's right and what's wrong, or what, what we believe is right and wrong. But yeah, um, you got to make the decision for yourself. It's not that we're telling you don't go to these churches, um, but it's just like we just want you to be aware of like this is. I'm telling you not to go to these churches. Yeah, I mean, we hope. I mean, to put our cards on the table, we hope you don't. Yeah, um, because we don't. Yeah, because like I said, you start you start you start not using the Bible yeah. the right way. It, it gets tricky. But basically, you're a big person. You can make your own decision. Um, you know, we just don't want, basically, I'm saying this not for the person who's rebelling, but for the person who's, you know, just so you're not fooled, you know? Right. Because like we said last time, these people can still be very friendly. They can still be very genuine and sincere and they can, they can treat you well. They can take good care of you and all of this other stuff. And but at the same time, there's this underlying foundation that, that is, that doesn't line up with scripture that right. leads to a whole lot of problems. And if you're not careful, you may not notice them. Right. There's a church back home. I don't remember if I covered this on the last um, episode. I'm just going to say it again. It, if it if I covered it twice, you know. Sorry, three sorry. people email you saying, you're repeating yourself now. <laughs> There's a, a church back home that they are definitely a progressive church, but the vast majority of the people that go there probably would not call it a progressive church. They would call it something entirely different. And it's because the the pastor doesn't just go out there and say what he believes about these certain hot topic issues. He kind of keeps that kind of 
off to the side. And even their their children's ministry is a, is a straight up universalist. Like we've had conversations on social media, and yeah. it's like the. But I know some like conservative people that still go there, and it's like they they still go to this church. They don't understand and know what their pastor even believes about these things, and it's like man, like. It's it's really difficult to, to pin them on anything because they don't have a, a statement of faith that says a lot yeah. of you know these things and that's where you have to really be careful and, and not naive and, and very discerning yeah. and we all are can be are prone to that at times like we are we love people like love our maybe we love our pastor so much or we love the people who go to church with so much we have great relationships with them but at the end of the day. We have to view with what they're saying and, and really not just be so critical of everything they say, but be aware of what they're saying in the context of what they're saying, which they're saying it, uh, compare it to scripture and, and, and do that. I mean, you got to do that. If not, then you know, yeah. you're going to be swayed by yeah. whatever comes yeah. across. There, there's a, there's two big skills that are absent in, mo- in society at large, but specifically in the church today. And that is, that is thinking carefully yep. and speaking, um, well, thinking carefully and speaking carefully. Yeah. Um, thinking, thinking, actually thinking through what you're experiencing, uh, what you're believing, what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to speaking, actually saying what you're meaning, not something like what you're meaning, actually mm-hmm. what you're meaning. You know, see Speak as, clear, uh, yeah. clearly, uh, with clarity. Yeah, Spe- be specific. You know, yeah. catchphrases aren't helpful. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but like C.S. Lewis, my favorite writer, says... You oh, know, really? Yes. I had no clue. Yeah, you, you would never <laughs> guess, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like your, your name is like C.S. Lewis in yeah. my uh, address book here on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, yeah that's your fault, but... Uh, <laughs> But he, he was answering a letter one time. Somebody was asking him writing advice about, you know, how to be a good writer. Um, and I think it pertains to writing and speaking and any sort of communication. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. says, think about exactly what you want to say. Yeah. And say exactly that. You know? And the key word there is exactly. Right. And, you know, you know the problem is to be exact, it, it takes an extra few minutes of actually thinking through that thought. Um, and mm-hmm. people... And practice. Yeah. And people don't want to... Um, whether they just mentally don't want to put forth the energy, or they just don't think they have the yeah. time in yeah. the in the culture that we live in, it's we've lost those skills of slowing down, stop and think, and then speak yeah. and choose specifically your words carefully. You know, don't overuse words, don't underuse words. Um, you know, so I think that ties into that was a little bit of a side note, but no, anyways. I mean it's very much related. Yeah. But I wanted to I wanted to make a point specifically on what you said. You were talking about the church back home and how you can't really nail down, you know, what they are, who they are, uh, because they don't really take a stance on anything. And, and that's kind of, you know, churches in the progressive vein, I found kind of pride themselves on being open-minded yep. or, um, loving the, Yeah. Well, yeah. they the, the use the phrase asking questions. We, 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 we're, we are uh, a place where you can ask questions. Yeah. You can ask the hard questions. <laughs> um, and that's, and, 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 you know, as an apologist, I'm going, yeah, that's a great thing to have, yeah. you know, because we all have questions, we all have struggles and doubts and things that we're wrestling through. And but the problem is, is you get if you just stop at the question and don't actually look for yeah. a good answer. You gonna give the answer? You know, <laughs> and, and they'll say, um, "Ali Bestucky," or not Ali Bestucky. Uh, shout out, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you got her on your mind. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, yeah, I saw a tweet from her earlier, and I was like, man, that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, she's a brilliant person. Yeah, she's awesome. But um, who are we reading? Alyssa uh, Childers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Childers. Yeah. Yes. Um, whatever her name is. And uh, <laughs> she she was on a podcast, and she made the point that, um, um, you know, it's uh, it's people tell her, why are you so afraid of questions? And she always counters with, why are you so afraid of the answer? Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's good. You know, just just the act of asking questions right. isn't necessarily sacred or holy. Uh, I think it's definitely part of the process. It's part of your sanctification of becoming more like Jesus because you're asking questions and you're thinking. But the the the, the second half of that to put it all together is actually going and finding an answer. Maybe you can't find one at first. Yeah. Maybe you know there are some questions out there that we just don't have an answer. But there's a lot of questions out there that we're asking that we do have right um, answers for that are, if not certain, pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, and we shouldn't shy away from those, even if we don't, you know. And it's a, it's okay not to like the answer at first, you know. It's a process, but we, but eventually we got to get there. If we're going to yeah. ask questions, we've got to we've got to commit to getting to an answer, and sticking to it, yeah. and making sure that it's right, and hopefully. Lining it up with scripture, yeah. Um, but as we found out, that can be problematic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the th- it goes back to you know, is the Bible, is scripture, your standard of mm-hmm. objective truth? I mean, is it? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I and I agree that the, yeah. that 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 we have we can find objective yeah. truth in uh, general revelation. Yeah. And, and it's and not creation. just you're saying it's not just conservative Christians asking that question. I watched an interview with John Steingard, lead singer of Hawk Nelson. Oh yeah, um, who had just who just come out and says, you know what? I don't know if I believe all this Christianity mm-hmm. stuff. And he was able to be, you know, and respect him for finally coming out with that. You know, being in the contemporary Christian music industry, but it's heartbreaking. I hope he, you know, because he also admits that he's still thinking, he's still searching, he's still reading and asking questions. Yeah. So it's good. I hope he finds the right answer, and I hope he comes back. Right. But he he even said he said a lot of his questions started when he started to when people started to poke holes in his view of scripture. And he even admitted, if I don't have the Bible, what's my anchor as a Christian? Yeah. You know, so even him, even him admitting that he doesn't believe, sees like, okay, if you're going to believe Christianity, you've got to be tied to the Bible. Like, you don't have anything else. Right. You don't have any other hard source you can go to. Yeah. Um, We have traditions. Those are helpful. We have, you know... The Bible is ultimate truth. It's not the only truth. There is truth outside of Scripture. Yeah, I mean, but all of it yeah. has to come through that in the Christian worldview, and even he's admitting that, and that's why he's having right. problems right now because he's having questions about the Bible. Yeah, there's there's presuppositions that kind of guide in how you're thinking about these things. Um, I mean, if you come to to Scripture and you're already you're skeptical and you're thinking <clears throat> this is a a human book that about God essentially, then you're going to you're going to believe in some things that are 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 not going to be very. They're not going to be line up with historic Orthodox Christianity. I'm not even talking about conservative. So people complain about that word conservative, which I have. Yeah. I really have no issue with that word because in our yeah, day, I don't either. Yeah, because it's, it's the they, way we're they oh, hear it and they think the political. They think Republican. Yeah, and and the thing is, I'm not saying conservative Christianity is yeah, is the same as think, yeah. Think traditional. What what the general silver line belief of the church orthodox been, christianity historical been orthodox since jesus went back to heaven biblical yeah, christianity. Yeah. think of that exactly yeah. and so but um so going on to this next point feelings are, are emphasized over facts yes and that's Good where group. you run into the bible problems is that you yeah. read a verse that you don't like and you're like Ooh. or i hear this one um and it's like um a lot of people our age 
are, um, you know, they were raised in conservative churches. Right. You know, traditional Orthodox Christian churches who taught that things like homosexuality um, is sinful. Um, and then they get into high school or college and they start making friends and they find out a couple of their friends are homosexuals. Right. And they're not like freaks or weirdos. They're just, they're for them, for all intents. They're nice people. For all intents and purposes, they're a nice, normal person who happens to be attracted to the same sex. Yeah. And they're like, well, wait a minute. You're supposed to be some sinner, awful people. You're supposed to be like this monster that I'm supposed to despise. Yeah. And they're like, you're just not that. So maybe we got this all wrong. You know, and, 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 um, you know, the homosexual, the homosexuality problem, um, has now become humanized. Yeah. Because now you have a person who's dealing with it. Um, and that should change your view on it because it shouldn't just be an abstract idea because everything that scripture talks about is in people and people yeah. make it complicated. Well, it, should, it shouldn't change your view necessarily. It just should change well, how should, you interact it should change with your view. It should change your view in that you shouldn't just view it as an idea. Right, like right. this thing is like it's a real thing. It affects people. People are living with it. They're except some are not okay with it. Some are okay with it. Um, and there's a it, it starts to bring that relational tension into it. Yeah, and, um, and that and that's another that's a whole other layer to the onion. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and they start to think of you know, and their feelings are like, well, this person's a very nice person. This person, yeah. this person's my friend. You know, like how can I say that this is not okay? And, um. You know, from a relational aspect, yeah, that's a pickle. Yeah, I, I think this is actually, this uh, point here, we're seeing it in our culture so much today in our this discussion about social justice. And this is, I mean, obviously social justice, we're going to get to that here in a little bit because I believe Alyssa talks about social justice a little bit later on in this article. But but when you look and at the social... I can't say we're feminists, by the way, because the only people we've referenced so far are women. Yeah, they... <laughs> good point. Yeah, and if you disagree with us, then you're a sexist. That's right. <laughs> you hate women. Um, but no, like, so... I'm just joking, by the way. I don't actually believe that. Just for anyone that thinks I'm being serious. Can't make jokes anymore. I, I know. I'm trying to make sure I don't offend anyone. But... Moving on. That's a joke, too. Yeah, before we put... It, yeah, let's take our foot out of our mouths and move yeah. on. <laughs> so, you know, in this conversation about uh, social justice, about, you know, um, you know, should we say Black Lives Matter or whatever, I've already said on this podcast, I said that I don't say Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. I don't say either one because I think both are missing the mark. I think I think saying Black Lives Matter gives into the paranoia in our country uh, that that there is a systemic racism problem, like a a huge racism problem in our country that we need to deal with. I don't think that's the case. I think we're most people are. I mean, maybe there are quite a bit of racists that I'm that I'm just not aware of. But as far as I know, I think people are are generally not racist. Like in in or, and I believe that our system uh, of you know our American system is not embedded with this racism i i just reject that premise but I also say that you know saying all lives matter doesn't actually deal with what they're saying you know what i'm saying like you know all lives matter is saying oh well all lives matter well yeah but all lives do matter but the black lives matter movement is saying that there's a specific problem within this community mm-hmm. so but what they'll say is people that defend black lives matter is they'll say i'm going to agree with this because my black brothers and sisters are saying this mm-hmm. and i say well Okay, I get that, and you should, you know, be uh, be quick to speak and and and, and no, is it yeah? Be slow to speak. Be slow be, to speak. Yeah, quick to, to quick listen. To hear. And 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 
yes, like listen to what they have to say, um, empathize with them to a degree, but but don't rush to a judgment based on just what they're saying. Look at the situation with facts along with their testimony and put it all together. Don't don't just look at the 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 the, the testimonies and assume, oh, this is what these people are telling me, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. And so and that is connected with the with progressive Christianity because people will say that oh yeah like I know homosexual people and they are great people so it must be okay well yeah. that's not the case I'm sorry yeah like I know a lot of alcoholics <clears throat> and they're nice people but you know what it's still a sin to yeah. to be in, you know to well, yeah, get drunk and, and I think to bring it to bring it back to the point of feelings over facts um, Ben Shapiro would be so proud of her. Um, yeah, you know, facts don't care about you. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what he was saying. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and, I, and I can agree with that. But also, as a Christian, I'm like, I can't word it that way. But um, you know, because, anyways, um, yeah, we're not going to get into that. This is not a political podcast. Um, this does this. I mean, it but it does. all does tie together. But to bring it back to the feelings yeah. over over facts thing, um, I think a lot of, as far as the progressive Christians are concerned, in in um, where they stand on a lot of issues. I think a lot of it is reactionary to, um, it does not, does not justifying it, but it's reactionary to maybe some things they've experienced growing up in church where, um, I think we talked about it last time, you know, it's, you know, um, emotions are kind of, you know, ignored maybe in biblical teaching or, you know, when you're having doubts or stuff, or it's just, have, yeah. you know, just have faith. Yeah. Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, I, yeah, I, that is. You know, and it's, <clears throat> you know, and, and but when you look at the Bible, here we go back to the Bible again. When you, huh. when you look at the Bible, the Bible speaks truth, <clears throat> we believe, right? Which would right. be considered facts. But the Bible also doesn't ignore our emotions. No. Emotions so are not bad. This, yeah. No, they're, yeah, they're, they're not, not bad. bad. So, there's this, the, so there's this reaction of, you have on, on, on the hard conservative end, you have just the cold, hard facts, right? You know, and, and, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. I'm like, you know, and this is where I was getting at. You're right. The facts don't care about your feelings. The Bible does care about your feelings. It doesn't succumb to them. It doesn't let your feelings rule you or it. Or drive the or drive narrative. narrative. Or the, yeah. Yeah. But, it cares, but it cares about your feelings. It cares about you, and, and, yeah. and because God cares about you. Yeah. Now, so feelings are never to be more important than the truth. The truth is always, um, you know, you see David in the Psalms wrestling. He says, "Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God." And he's really just like he's he's in this rough spot. I think he actually wrote that psalm when he was running from King Saul, and you know he's he's feeling hopeless, he's feeling downcast, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I feel this way, but I know." That my hope is supposed to be in God, and God is right. supposed to take care of me. So he's almost having to like force himself back into that belief, despite what he's feeling. Right. He's not ignoring his feelings. So he's like, I'm in this crappy scenario. Yeah, and, and, and it's okay to acknowledge that. He mm-hmm. writes. He wrote a lot of psalms where he's yelling at God. Right. He's he's mad at him. You know he he you know he's not. He doesn't ignore his feelings, but he acknowledges them. He realizes where he's at, and then he reminds himself of who God is right? Um, in light of how he's feeling or what he's thinking. Um, so I think you have these two extremes 
where you have the ultra ultra conservative where it's just cold hard facts and this is the truth and you know you just got to get over it um not sure the bible necessarily takes that approach um and then you have the progressive over here where it's like that doesn't feel good so i'm not going to um i'm not going to believe it i'm not going to do it um I know the Bible says it's a sin, but I've got my homosexual friends over here who are very nice and very friendly, and they're awesome people, and they're actually a lot nicer to me than my church friends. Right. So um, they make me feel better. Yeah. So I just can't believe that God's yeah. going to send them to hell. Yeah. Um, and 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 both of those reactions are mm-hmm. not okay. You know. Right. And I, I do think that the majority of people, like the ultra conservative, mm-hmm. when they are speaking, you know, they're they're elevating. Well, not elevating, but they're they're ignoring emotions and they don't care how people feel, mm-hmm. and they're ignoring that completely. I, I think the majority of conservatives that do that probably don't even realize they're doing it. I don't know. Yeah, I personally don't know they, yeah, anyone. They may not. I don't know anyone that says I don't care about people's feelings. Uh, the most like the conservatives I know, typically. I mean, I grew up in the South and. So I know I've got no of, particular person in mind. But yeah, yeah, no, I really, no, I'm not. I, yeah, I know you don't. But. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying that when I think of like conservative, like they they have feelings and they care about feelings. It's just that they believe certain things that they believe <clears throat> essentially trump the feelings yeah. in, just, in the yeah. sense. Like, but but you're right in that pe- how but I, people. I know they're out there though. But oh, absolutely. I've but seen them the on Twitter. Pe- I've heard stories from my <laughs> friends in ministry. Like, there's some really mean church people out there. Well, of course there there yeah. are, and I think I think I definitely think that's true. But yeah. and I do think that people will take this though, and they'll use it to say to justify, like they'll ignore, like what people are, they won't interact with claims because they are their feelings are hurt, and they'll just right. say, "Oh, you hurt my feelings," and that's when I'll say, "Well, like you need to like grow up, like mm-hmm. and." Yes, like you might not like what this person is saying, but you need to ha- you need to discuss this, or if you're going to discuss this, you need to actually interact with what their claims are, not ignore it because you don't like what they're saying. I think that's what a lot of a, a lot of people are doing, but at the same time, there are people that definitely yeah. will like. For example, here's an example of, of of what like so if a family like a mom and a dad they have a, a son. It grows up to be gay, like he's gay or whatever, and they basically kick him out of the house. They don't care about his feelings; they just they care about the truth. Well, I would say that's a point where you're you're not considering like, okay, is this going to be number one? Is this godly? Is this Christ, you know, exalting like kicking your your son out? Is that biblical and right? I'd say that's wrong. I say that, that and I think that's a fact. If you kick him out, like. Like he's fifteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like obviously he's like over eighteen and stuff like that. Like right. maybe you should consider, but I think it's a little bit different. But either way, the the point is, is like I think that's a it's point like where you're, disown him, yeah. It's like no, like you need to consider like okay, what's the most God honoring? How do I handle this most God honoring way? By yes, I care about how my son feels, but at the same time, I, I care about him knowing the gospel and believing in Christ. Right. So I'm going to kind of being that that place of tension of okay how do i discuss this with them with him the gospel being the the main thing you discuss with them i mean obviously homosexuality will come up but you know because of repentance and all that yeah. fun stuff but the the feelings you know you say it in a way hopefully that they can listen and respond and you don't be like oh you're just a fag i know that's kind of a yeah. well explain we're gonna yeah. have the e next I know. podcast now. yeah I'm I'm quoting it. So, so you know, hopefully Apple doesn't like. Yeah, no, I, think, I mean, I think you're right. Though I I think you know, 
the thing I learned doing small groups ministry for the last few years um, is something that something that our small groups pastor at, at my church used to say is um, you've got basically this is an exact quote but basically you've got to be okay with tension in 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 a small group or right. in a community when you have conflict and being okay with tension means letting both aspects of that tension be present so you've got the factual person over here you've got the facts but you've got a person who emotionally is wrestling with those facts and being okay with the tension means letting both of those be yeah. present in the moment yeah not pushing either one of those out so you don't push out that this person is really struggling with this right you know this person's got some genuine you know and this isn't like i'm trying to you know we're talking about someone who they're not trying to explain away the Bible. They're not trying to get away from God. They're just, they're seeing two things in their mind just aren't clicking and they don't know what to do with it. And then you've got the truth over here. You've got what scripture says. You've got to have that. Um, and you've got to respect both of those being there. Um, and there was, there was another point I was going to make about something you said earlier, uh, but I can't remember. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll, you can like it'll listen. come back to yeah. me. Yeah, if you when you listen to this again, you know. It'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll text you. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the night one night, like this was it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, edit, I can edit it and stuff. Yeah, we'll come back. Yeah. Do, yeah. we'll do round three. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Well, I mean, we can't have just like a sequel. We have to have a trilogy here. That's right. You know, especially <laughs> if we keep breaking records. So, um, all right, you, you want to do the third one here? The third point that okay. Miss Alyssa talks about what and then what is number three here oh, oh you're okay oh, i can't saying. remember okay. uh, no it's okay i can read it essential christian doctrines are open for <clears throat> reinterpretation yes because our feelings about them see how these kind of flow? yeah they flow our yeah. feelings about them yeah are you know we're wrestling with it you know and yeah. um so but there i mean there's only uh, there's only so far you can go with that you know you can right. wrestle with things and then you, yeah. you start to Depend depending on what doctrines you're tweaking with, you're tweaking with Christianity itself. Right. You know, like um, she was talking. She gave a scenario of someone who said that um, pastor said that the resurrection of Jesus does not have to literally be true for the Christian story to be good. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it has to be true for it to be the Christian story. <laughs> yeah. Tell you that. Yeah. Much. Yeah, I mean, it, like you know, like there, like there's a difference in there, there's a difference in debating was Job real and was Jesus real, like those are yeah. completely different questions. But like you know, you start tweaking with the, you you start tweaking with some secondary stuff that's just called disagreement. But you start tweaking with some core doctrines, and that's you know, and we'll get we'll get to we have a tweet thread. Oh yeah, that we've got yeah, to we'll, get to we'll later. get to that. Yeah, and you start. I mean, you start going down a, a road of venture. I'm just going. Now, why do you say you're Christian again? Like the like like I, like I don't like you know it's it's whatever. I'm like I'm not trying to be mean. It's just like why do you you say here's what Christianity believes. You reject all of that and you call yourself a Christian. I just I want to put those pieces. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely interact with that tweet you're referring to. I want to bring up a few examples here though that of like comments you'll hear that pertain to this point. Like number one, I've heard this from folks: the resurrection of Jesus doesn't have to be factual to speak truth. Yeah, so they, they, yeah, that's what you were saying earlier. And then the church's historic position on sexuality is archaic and needs to be updated within a modern framework. I mean, like, so I've heard, you know, it, this is a very modernist way of thinking. Like, they think that because something 
people believed a certain way in the past. Now there's, and a, we now there's believe, a conversation. Yeah. Progressive Christianity is straight up postmodernism. Yeah, it, and it is, it is. Yeah. But what they also what they do is they'll they'll borrow kind of from from modernism and to an extent in this way they'll say, well, we believe today in this, and everyone back then believed in this, 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 and this. Therefore, what they believe is wrong. And what we believe is right, yeah. and so like like for example, like homosexuality, they'll say Paul's view of sexuality was was wrong. It was incomplete. Like they did not have the term "quote unquote" homosexuality. I dealt with that in my previous podcast, but basically, it, you know, there's a there's a reason Lord, for yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, yeah, Lord and, forbid all the other letters that come into the come into the title, the LGBTQ. Yeah, they didn't have all of those. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, there's there's plenty of things they that. The, you know, Paul, when he interacted with some of these issues, he articulated things a little bit different than us, and that's because he was in a completely different culture, I would say. So, like, he was interacting with different topics, I'd say. He, his his main, the main issue in his day and age was not homosexuality, I would say. I mean, like, as in, in the Christian church, the, I think the majority of people would have said that homosexuality is a sin. Yeah, he had like, a bigger fish to fry. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so, like, that's why, you know, Jesus didn't have to say homosexuality is a sin. He didn't have to say bestiality is a sin. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to say this, you know, like, yeah. sleeping with your, your yeah, it wasn't, uh, I mean, yeah, not, not only was mom. it, yeah, not only was it wrong, there was, I mean, there was a lot of cultures back then. It still wasn't very culturally accepted. Yeah. Like it, like it is today. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I am weary of any, um, the seminary word is hermeneutic. Um, you can say that. I mean, yeah. hey, the seminary word is hermeneutic. The the layman's term is any view of the Bible, any interpretation of the Bible, with that is done under the framework of, um, for two thousand years the church has got it wrong, but we figured it out now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm leery of any, anything that that is operating under that framework. And right. Because one of the questions, one of the questions that you know, they say, it's okay with questions. It's okay to ask questions, right? One of the questions that people ask is, you know, how do we know we're interpreting the Bible right? Totally fair question. Fair question. Right. And, uh, you know, how do we know we're doing it right? Um, well, that's where that's where it's important to know church history. Yeah. That's where it's important to know tradition, tradi- yeah. tradition yeah. and, you know, and, and things like, you know, things like the creeds and church tradition. They're not authoritative like the Bible are, but they serve as, as a sort of guardrail, basically. Yeah. Guard, yeah. Mm-hmm. To say, like, these are the guardrails. As long as you're within these guardrails, you know, we can you know, maneuver a little bit. We don't have to come down exactly the same, but we got to stay inside these guardrails. Right. Um, and, and basically there, there's not, there's not 100% cohesion in church history, right? There's a, no. there's a bunch of different stuff out there, but if you, you read, you read church history long enough, you read tradition long enough, you see that there's a general pattern right through the middle that all kind of starts to line up. And if you and you, and you kind of you want to stay in there, that's where you want to stay as much as possible, um, you know, because these, I mean, just the sheer odds of it. Right. You're saying all of those people got it wrong, but you somehow figured it out. Yeah. Um, those people with the same Holy Spirit you got, yeah, missed it. You know, and I, I just logically that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Well, God was just waiting for. Such and such person. To, that's right. To come come about, and then that's he'll right. reveal. Them. That's right. Thank you, Joseph Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of Mormonism a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, so for um, number four, historic terms are redefined. So this is a, a big one. It's like 
you know, like a and that, lot, that's where the postmodernism yeah. comes in. You know, yeah. words don't words mean whatever we want them to mean. Right. The the dictionary is is fundamentally changed. I mean, look at the Supreme Court. The dictionary is irrelevant. Yeah, and and we can we can change it as we see fit. Like they'll so they've have for example the Supreme Court basically affirmed that. Sex and gender are two completely different things, even though sex and gender have been the same thing for, I mean, forever. Um, racism meant that you um, showed partiality towards another person because of their skin color. Today, it means you are simply exist within a system, <laughs> um, and you benefit from that system because of your skin color. That's racist now, you know. So I mean, like the the definite the the definitions in these terms are are sort of hijacked to mean different things. So when people, for example, talk about like justice or whatever, like they will bring these words up in terms up that mean a certain thing, but you have to understand they're meaning it in a certain way that could very well conflict with Christianity. Yeah. I'm just using that as an example, but you could say yeah. that about, you know, many different things. Yeah. And that has given rise to, I mean, at the very least confusion at the most complete and utter insanity. Yeah, and utter nonsense yeah. and a lot of stuff. Yeah. Go read your Twitter, and um, but uh, I go read my Twitter and I'll see anybody. <laughs> go read your Twitter, you'll yeah. see it. And um, but it's like, but this is also at the same time. This is this is the whole side of a worldview and apologetics <laughs> yeah. argument that just utterly fascinates me because right. everything, everything comes back to language. Oh yeah, everything right. comes that's back right. to la- language. Is the foundation of civilization. Yeah words and what they mean and how we use them and it's just it's just fascinating to me and for and and the so if to to think of that to to take the very foundation of all of civilization not western not eastern all of human existence is is functioned by our words um the gospel itself is 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 a message of words that's what it is it is a collection of words that has changed the world right because they're true yeah um, but so to start redefining words is to, you know, just completely wreck the foundation that your house is built on. And, you know, I, it's a fascinating thing to see how it all works, but, it, but when you know, when you start to learn how it works yeah. and you start to, you know, and you start to see this thing of, um, there's this thing called language games. This is a real term. These are okay. things called language games. John Feigberg. Um, he's a philosopher, apologist up in Chicago, and he talks about um, these things. Uh, the book is called uh, Can You Believe It's True? Go check it out. And he talks about them, and it's basically um, a language game is a certain society takes a group of words, redefines them, says this is what they mean, and if you're going to communicate, you have to operate under the rules of the game that we've just set up. Right. And if you don't use the words this way, you're not playing the game right. Um, and that makes people mad. Yeah. Um, that's a very crude translation. He writes, you know, he, he, he explains it much better, but no, I know, but, but essentially, I mean, that's what, but I mean, that's what we're seeing now, right? Right. Is, 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 uh, we're, we're playing a new game. Right. It's a whole new game because there's whole new rules. Right. Um, and we have to, um, and the rules are utter nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have to find a way to get the truth, uh, somehow in that game. Right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and that's not, don't hear me say, we've got to change the gospel or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But there's, there's a, there's, there's got to be some, some thought 
we're gonna have to take some time and there's some thought and there's some strategy that um, you know we've got we've got new waters to navigate because there's these, all these rules around us that we didn't plan for um, and um, it comes back to redefining and and eventually these games and the society finds their way into the church and we start redefining doctrine yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know that's the big broad picture of how it gets there um, and it's dangerous yeah, yeah. well it's like also, like, the term love, like, people say just love people. Like, the job of, like, Jesus just talked about loving people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he talked about loving people. He talked a lot about God's wrath, too, and repentance, and the kingdom mm-hmm. of God is at hand, and all those things. Like, I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things he talked mm-hmm. about. He didn't talk about just one thing. I mean, yeah. But, is I, it, but I mean, yeah. What but, does love mean, though? But, yeah, but even then, like, yeah, asking what love means, it doesn't mean we have to immediately jump to a God of wrath. Because I said, I think, I think a lot of the God of love stuff is the reactionary stuff to... Um, a lot of the hellfire brimstone preachers we saw back in the 30s, I'm not saying they were wrong or bad. You know, like the Billy Sunday types or... Um, I don't, I'm not going to say Billy Graham was hellfire brimstone. I don't think he was. No, I mean, he but, was definitely... Yeah. I mean, but yeah. he was still very old school. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he, he, he told you where he stood. But um, but reaction to that, but yeah, talking about love is not love. is not just the opposite of wrath. It's love is telling the truth, you know, about that wrath. It's telling the truth... Um, I mean, essentially, love is telling the truth. I mean, you love your wife, you know. You know, yeah. the, I think the one of the worst things you can do to somebody that you love is lie to them. Yeah. Or know? point them in the wrong direction. Yeah. Or accept them yeah. uh, in such a because way we, where yeah. it's going to When you lie to damaging. somebody, you tell them that you don't think they're worthy and or capable of handling the truth. And you yeah. become Jack Nicholson <laughs> in that movie. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> what is it? A few good men. There we go. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. What? Oh, that's, uh, that's one of Tom Cruise's best movies. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. I know he's weird, but he does good movies. Scientologist there. He is, yeah. Was he? I thought he is. He's no, he's, yeah, he's still there. Is he? I thought he got out of it. No, I'm pretty sure he's still there. Okay. Well, but, uh, cool. He makes good movies, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it doesn't matter. What, if, even if he is, it's, it's fine. It's yeah. just, I'm not fine, but it's I can still watch his movies. That's right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like he's talking about Scientology every, right. every movie. But yeah, no, we um we we definitely see this re- redefining of terms a lot in our culture with many different things. Love being one of them, um, gender, sex, all those justice, all those things. But I think I think Christians need to do a better job of speaking clearly, and 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 defining terms in a biblical way, in a logical way. Um, and not accept mm-hmm. and, and interact with the, the culture and, and, and have these discussions, but not accept their foundation and mm-hmm. not accept um, their dictionary, essentially. Because when we give them the dictionary, we're just going to lose. Yep. I mean, that's just... Yeah, that's well, and, and it comes back to, I mean, I sound like a, like a dang broken record here, but it comes back to, I mean, one scripture, knowing what it says, mm-hmm. and then the, the, habit, the practice I'm talking about, thinking well and speaking well, and... Taking scripture, studying it, thinking well, which means processing it and understanding it as best as you can, and then speaking well. But the, the transition between thinking and speaking is where we're going to win or lose. And that is the ability to, um, so to put it in our seminary kid context, all of our seminary kids around here, um, if you just go and regurgitate all the theological terms that you learn in class, you haven't really understood what you're saying. Yeah. The, the, the true mark that you've understood what you're saying is that you can explain it to somebody who doesn't know what those words mean. So you have to find new words. To or understand how to explain yeah. those words Again, in it such all, a way that they can... It all comes back to language. So you, you have to take... You have to explain the process of sanctification to a layman, and they don't know what that word means. 
Now you can still use that word, but you now have to find other words I, to explain that I idea. I guess I think that I think we're smarter than we. I think laymen are smarter than we give them credit for. I think they can learn. No, they are. They can learn, but they have to be taught. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you, they have they, to be you gotta be taught. You have to be. You you, you gotta get a starting point for everywhere. You know, no yeah. matter what class, you have to give definitions and right. all of that. And yeah, again, that, I think that's what makes yeah. a guy like C.S. Lewis so brilliant. Is that he? He explained all of the Wait, co- who C.S. Lewis. Wait, who, who's C.S. Lewis? Oh. <laughs> Clive Staples Lewis. Friends called him Jack. Okay, eighteen ninety eight to nineteen sixty three. You just get a tattoo. Don't get me started. <laughs> so he is my PhD topic. So leave me alone. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> but well, I mean, one of the things that makes him so brilliant is yeah. that he writes with both, you know, people. Uh, he writes with. Um, Depth and clarity. Now, people come back and tell him, oh, he's not very deep. I said, he's not using the complex words. So maybe he's not deep, but he's dense, which means every single sentence is packed full. Some people say he's deep. Some people say he's not. I mean, I've heard both. Basically, so he's not deep in the sense that he's not using complex technical language. But he's dense in in that every sentence is chock full of... Of something yeah. meaningful. I want to say about the whole language thing. Like people can definitely overdo it and use these technical terms just to be a smart guy, and yeah. I think that's totally worthless and stupid. I, You're I, just trying to show off. Yeah. Now I, I think terms that are you know like so for example I have no issue talking about penal substitutionary atonement in church even right. in a sermon, but I'm going to define what that means exactly and and help hopefully help. And if someone doesn't understand what that means, they can yeah. come and talk to me. Care about, about your people enough to make sure you to make sure that they yeah. heard you. And also creating a culture in a church where they want to learn these things. Right. I think that's my my major hang up with a lot of our the the culture, the evangelicalism, kind of anti intellectualism that exists in our in our right. uh, in general. It simple. Yeah, and it's like yeah, I, I'm I, not advocating yeah, for that. Yeah, I don't like no, that. I, know you're I don't like I'm that just saying, I'm, I'm, I guess as we're talking, I'm trying to articulate what kind of how I feel about the situation, and that's that's essentially it. I think we need to just cr- do a better job of creating a culture of not thinking you know everything or you trying to know everything. It's just simply being yeah. like having that hunger and desire to learn, yes. to read, to yes. to to challenge yourself intellectually. You know, yeah. but that doesn't mean we're going to learn anything. Yeah. And but at not- the same time, yeah, we know not everybody's going to be that way. But there's a lot more in the church that could be, you know. And, and why are we saying this? Because because progressive Christianity, I think, um, takes advantage of yeah. biblically illiterate people. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they um, come out with yeah, and frankly, a lot of their leaders might not necessarily know what Scripture says. Um, they're, they're, right, um, you know, and, and that's a whole other story. But anyways, um, <clears throat> anyways, but like, yeah, the whole the whole point of it is like, yeah, we want to, you know, we want our people to learn and to grow, but we've got to be able to, um, linguistically and conceptually meet them where they're at, not to leave them there, but to but to, uh, you know, to, to take them where we want them to go. And you know, I always used when I was doing student ministry, I always used the analogy of like. Well, it's not really an analogy, but basically, if your people are here, you can't see me. So, you, people are here. You've got to, you know, if they're at the bottom of the staircase, you don't go all the way to the bottom of the staircase, um, but you you kind of get one step above them and take them by the hand and help them up to that next step, and then you help them up to that next step. Now, you intellectually are, at, you know, for lack of a better term, you're at, you're at the top of the staircase, but you've come down here. Mm-hmm. Not so that so that they can go up to the top, but they've got to do that one step at a time. Or you just kick them in the face. <laughs> or, yeah, you can just you can just drag them there, and by the time they're there, they hate you. Um, I'm just, I'm, yeah, yeah, you know. But 
but um, yeah, it's things like that. I think our churches would be a lot healthier if um, the smartest people in the church would swallow their pride and, and talk uh, simply, not simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and the less educated people in the church um, would hopefully, um, hopefully they're wanting to learn. I know people that are. Um, and that's great. And those kind of people don't need a ton of, I mean, they need guidance, but they're on their way. But, um, I, I just, I hope that we can start as a church culture at large to get away from the, oh, I just like it simple. I just want to keep it simple. I just want a verse here and a verse there. That just, that just, that irks me because you're not helping yourself and you're not going to be able to help anybody else. And, you know, and it's, and it's experiential and not, you know, biblical yeah yeah no i know it's just it's a it's a it's that's another podcast for another day yeah but um yeah i'll 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 stop my rant (laughs) i'll stop my rant now so the the final point that Alyssa um um brings up is number five it's the heart of the gospel message shifts from sin and redemption to social justice so this is a big one obviously Many of you are familiar with the situations going on in, in our culture today with the George Floyd situation, the riots, um, the, the anonymous zones, oh my, you know, just all these uh, different things. But basically, essentially what... Anonymous, anonymous, did you say anonymous zones? Uh, anonymous, yeah, anonymous. Autonomous zones. Oh, <laughs> Anonymous zones. We don't know who we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you... That's you what, don't know either. That's my nickname for them. Yeah. Autonomous. Yeah. Different word. Like Words matter. Catch. It's, yeah. yeah. That's, see, that's a great example of listening carefully and yeah. see, yeah. and we caught caught you. Caught yeah, but we, you got to be also clever enough to f- figure out where you messed up quickly and then try to save it. Be like, oh, But you didn't because I'm quicker. <laughs> I, yeah. I tried, but anyway. Yeah. You'll get there. So, <laughs> thanks. So the... the Biblical, you know, the gospel is 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 the the message of Christianity is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was resurrected, and um, he reconciles us to God, um, and and we are and he becomes our righteousness. And so, there, obviously, there's a little bit more to the gospel than just that. That's the center, kind of the you know, put our faith and repent and believe in Christ, um, and and that's what brings us out of true spiritual bondage and oppression the restoration of our proper relationship with god yeah. with our creator that we have we're, we're there we are enemies of god before we know christ and because of of christ and and his sacrifice are we are reconciled yeah. what's I just, that i just don't like that bro i just don't like you saying i'm an enemy of god i just don't yeah. like that bro facts don't care about your feelings yeah. see uh, that that's, that's where it goes that's yeah. Where it happens. yeah yeah no but uh um, you know? That that is, I mean, let's be fair. That's that's some harsh language. It, it's, no, tr- it's true. It's true because the stark contrast, I think, is when you're when you're on the believer yeah. side of it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. You know. But that's the message of the gospel, and what you have is is what we we would call liberation theology or the mm-hmm. social gospel. Um, is kind of the centerpiece you of know. the social justice yeah. movement. Now, now this this movement began in South America. Um, uh, in the Catholic Church, actually, and 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 so I'll say this: that that caring for the poor and the oppressed is something Christians should be doing and should care about. I mm. believe that should be something that we do and are part of. Yeah. That I don't. I'm not rejecting that or neglecting that. The point is that is not the gospel, though. Mm. That's not the gospel. That is not 
Christianity, the, the essence of Christianity. That is a maybe an implication, if you want to say, of Christianity. An outworking? Out, or outworking of the, of, of the gospel. But it's not the gospel. Yeah. And when we become Christians and we live out the gospel, yeah. we're going to... We're going to do so in, in a certain way where we impact and affect the world. So that's why I care about abortion. That's yeah. that's why. I think I would have, I think, you know, not that I'm smarter than Mrs. Childers there, but I think I would have phrased it a little bit differently. I think, I think, I think this is a very contextual point. I think contextually it outwork, it, it changes into social justice today because that's where we're at. I think just in general, I think the, the broader point of this one is that it trades the gospel for humanitarianism. I mean, that's kind of... Well, they're, they're not exactly yeah. the same thing. Again, words matter. Yeah, no, you're uh, right. You're but right. Um, basically, the, the point is, it, tra- it trades the... Um, the traditional Christian is going to go on a mission trip. They're going to they're gonna help, re- help build a school, but they're going to share the gospel with the people while they're doing it. Yeah. The progressive church is going to go um, build the school... And dig a couple of wells. Say, see ya. And that's it. Yeah. Have a nice, nice you know, life. <laughs> and, 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 and I think, you know, possibly this could stem from, this This goes back to the gospel as a message of words. You know that old saying, preach the gospel at all times. Dude, use wait, is the person that said that's actually kind of solid. I've heard. I forgot who it was that said that. I forgot who it that's was. That's been attributed to a church father who never said it. See, I've heard. Okay, that's, that's been what attributed to like Aquinas or yeah. Augustine or somebody. And there's just it was someone. No, I think it's Irenaeus, maybe or, or, Irene- or Athanasius, some medieval church father. And there's just no record of that ever being said. Well, I'm glad that's ever being written. I don't know where I, it came from. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, but hey, I'm a church history guy. I should but, be knowing this. Yeah, but yeah, people, but people, um, but people still say that you know, but, preach the gospel at all times and don't necessarily use words. Yeah. You know what they mean is you know live out the faith. That you're talking about, but at the same time, like, what, what, okay, if you never opened your mouth ever again, what possible action could you perform for another human being that would make them go, oh my gosh, I need to repent and follow Jesus? Yeah. There's no actual action that can tell somebody to do that. That is a message that has to be communicated through our words. Um, you know, so when. I think the point of that is is that it, it trades that message for just activism. Yeah. And humanitarianism. Yeah, no, that's that's right. Social justice. I mean social yeah. I mean yeah, all that's and, in there. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and, and social justice is a broad thing. It yeah, social ju- whatever you, social justice, humanitarianism, activism, whatever, you know, and it's 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 you know, and it focuses on making the world a better place rather than you know it lives okay, it has an it has a present perspective and not an eternal perspective. Yeah, it's it's a more um, it's yeah a, exactly it's about, present it's about this life and not the life to come. Right. It's yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think that's that's you know something we have to wrestle with the tension between caring about yeah this life we care about this life but we also care about the life ahead. So that's why I think it is important to speak out against social injustices. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that might be different than... Mm-hmm. The, again, going back to terms, yeah. definitions. Well, like it, I, it, I, my, I mean, the, the sermon that my, that my church, or the church I'm going to right now, um, the message um, was... They preached from the message? No, they didn't I, preach from the message. The message, I'm the just, sermon. I'm just... I'm, yes, I'm the sermon, the word. Yeah, yeah. The preacher guy was talking, and he 
was preaching on Philippians on uh, to live as Christ to die as gain. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason, and he was talking about how the, the, the things that Paul was able to do in this life, you know, which were good things. I mean, the, like I said, there's a lot of the social outworking stuff that, yeah, like, sure, a Christian could do, should do that. But Paul was able to do that because he had an eternal perspective. Yeah. And he was doing it. He was saying, look, if, if I'm living, then I get to preach the gospel to the guy who's guarding my cell. I get to preach the gospel to anybody who listened to me in the Areopagus. I get to preach. I mean, there's, isn't there evidence or at least a strong belief that eventually Paul was actually able to preach the gospel to Caesar himself? Because um, mm-hmm. he had because he appealed to Caesar, so he eventually had to appear before him. Um, and that's, yeah, that's basically what, that's what Paul did. He preached the gospel. Yeah, you know. So that, I mean, so if I, he says if I live, I get to do that. Right. And if I die, I get to go be with Jesus. Yeah, no, and it's like, so you you can't you can't bring me down. You can't you can't beat me not because I'm, not because my not because my faith has changed my life in this world, but because my faith has so secured my eternity that whatever happens in this world is. It matters, but it doesn't. Right. 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 It matters that I'm living. It matters in the fact that it matters that I'm that I'm doing good works and that I'm, you know, living in obedience to what mm-hmm. Jesus would have us do. But it doesn't, the, but, but it doesn't matter the consequences that that brings because, you know, we're set. We're good. Our eternity is, is secure. Um, and that's the perspective that he operated under. And those two perspectives, they, you know, they, they change. And, and one is operating from a present day perspective. I mean, we got to make this the best of this world because this is what matters, and one of them saying, um, "My eternity is secure, so I'm free to live the way that I, as a human, is am supposed to live, regardless of what happens to me." Um, so I think they're very different. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's good stuff. So we we went over over this um, kind of the five signs of your church becoming a um, progressive. Christian church there, um, and I, you know, if you hear some of those things that's, that's being said, definitely I would say before just packing your bags and leaving. I'd say confront those people in love and, and you know, preferably in private at first. Maybe uh, try to uh, don't attack them openly and publicly. Like that's not going to. Well, end first well. I would say pray. Well, uh, obviously pray. pray yeah, pray obviously. About, I, but pray in, about, in the steps um, of what ex- how, to handle how exactly it. you should. Yeah. yeah, what how exactly you should approach your predicament. Yeah, well, definitely pray. I mean, that's do that about everything. But yeah, pray, read scripture. Come on, bro. Yeah, sorry, I didn't see. There's always gonna be something like, oh, you need to fast too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Make sure you tie. Get it right, you idiot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely um, do those things, but just make sure you, you do confront the person in a, in, a, in a proper way, but not be a jerk too. But um, anyway, so now we're going to look at an example. A, um, a, so we're going to go from the theoretical to the practical. Um, so what just is this? Think just in case you think we're making all this up. Yeah. Like this is a person on Twitter, of course. I mean, I'm just going to say because this is all, all over the place. So, Joe Lumen. Yeah, she's got a ish ton of likes and retweets. So. And she has a lot of comments, too. She almost got ratioed there. She, yeah, she, yeah. It was um, it's close. It was interesting stuff. I mean, I retweeted her, but with non comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
So um, this, yeah, I, I, I've had several people send me this. Um, yeah, send me this uh, link and uh, this feed here. I've seen it posted on, on Facebook. Um, now, uh, yeah, now re- read her description, that she, her bio. Yeah, go ahead and read it. That way, she says she is um, faith deconstruction and decolonizing. Woo! That's a lot of loaded words there. So, yeah, deconstruction, you know, is like John Steingart from Hawk Nelson or um, who was the big one before him? Is it Rhett the... and Link. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rhett Those and Link guys, yeah. and the... Uh, like the Gunger, like Michael, Michael Gunger, the Deep from Hillsong. Rob deconstruction Bell. means, mm-hmm. I was a Christian, now I'm not. <laughs> Which is ironic, given what she's about to say. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. they would say that they're still Christians, but that they would they would say that their deconstruction is them, kind of deconstructing their quote. What, what they would say is their the fault the false yeah. beliefs they held to. A Gunger would for, say that. Yeah. But um, Rhett and Link and Stein oh yeah, they're not Christian. Hillsong God. They, we, yeah, we just don't believe anymore. Yeah, that that is yeah. it. Does depend on the yeah. So, so I guess I was thinking more of the progressive Christian, the one that claims Christianity. Okay. But fair. but you're right that that yeah. there are people that just deconstructed their yeah. out of their out of again. Their, words matter. What exactly yeah. are you saying? Exactly. Come on, bro. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a uh, does she have him? Uh, he she or she? Uh, she her pronouns in her bio. Did, did you see that? Does she? She, her, hers. Yep. That is her, yeah. There we go. Now here's here is a big clue, a very big clue. If you ever see someone's pronouns in their bio on Twitter, you are probably looking at a Twitter page or profile that is not the best and not the most helpful. And you should godly. take you should take note. Yeah. <laughs> you should be you should be scared. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, so this Joe lady, I mean, I, look, she might be a nice lady and stuff, and I want to say that. Um, uh, I pray that uh, she probably not listen to this, but if she would. Maybe she, she will, would, and she'll come yeah, on. Yeah, if she if she would listen to this, I, I pray and hope she believes in the true gospel, repents and, and believes in the gospel, and um, and not um, continue to belittle Orthodox Christianity like she does here. But anyway, so here she says, since conservative Christians keep coming at me, so coming at me what does that mean i guess like yeah, yeah i mean like i suppose uh, like responding to your i suppose people called her out i don't know yeah so she says i am a christian okay so she is saying she's saying i am a christian i that is the phrase yeah. that starts all of this yeah i'm a christian, I'm a christian. And, and and i believe proselytizing is violence against another proselytizing you, basically means evangelism yeah well what Sharing. is the actual definition of it do you know what it is i have no idea yeah but basically it refers to in public, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't so, and we're talking about you know we're talking about language. You know, it was a proselyte. When you think of a proselytizer, I always think of the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses um, handing out pamphlets. Yeah, it's to convert or attempt to convert someone from one religion, belief, or opinion to another. I mean, there you go. Proselytize. So I mean, you're you're evangelizing, and she claims that that it's not the same thing. That proselytizing is not. It's she, violence. And and that's another thing. They a lot of like the woke. People, woke movement, liberals, uh, or social justice warriors, they they redefine the term violence to mean anything that is harmful emotionally or anything like that. I mean, words... So Violence is anything that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, number one, there's an issue there. So again, words matter. What do you mean? And here we go. And I am a Christian, and I believe LGBTQ plus people are divine 
and should lead us. Okay. Not only are they okay, they are divine. And so they should lead what do you mean us. by divine? Like, do they have the divine nature? Okay, heresy alert. I mean, that's that's not like none of us have the divine nature. Now, I know some people that would say we uh, partake in the divine nature. That's more of an Eastern kind of Eastern Orthodox way of thinking. But here she's saying they're divine, so they have the nature of God. Uh, well, that would be traditionally what that word means. Yeah, and that, but I don't know what she means there, exactly. except uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Who knows? It's a yeah. new language game, man. Yeah. And they should lead and us. And they should lead us. Yeah, so, yeah. Why should they lead us? It's fascinating. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> this is where Twitter's not helpful. She couldn't yeah. expand on that. Yeah. I'm a Christian and I learn a lot from people who do not share my faith. Well, I mean... I do too. Well, yeah, we should learn yeah. from everyone. I mean... Well, depends on what I'm learning. But I learn from people. I mean, again... The Bible is the ultimate truth. It's not the only but truth. What does she mean by that? Yeah, you know, what there, you... there is. I learn so well, like, I mean, you go to you go to school. You're learning in your classes. You know, your professor is not a Christian. You're still learning from them. You know. Yeah. Whether it's you know math or history or whatever, um, but yeah, I mean, you can learn from people who aren't Christians. But right. exactly, yeah. What are you learning? Yeah, and well, you know, are you just um, learning for are you learning as in you're agreeing with them? I would assume, or, given the context, she's learning. She's claiming that she's learning stuff about God from a non-believer. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I guess maybe you can do kinda, mm-hmm. but who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's I. That's a that's a very. Um, I'd be very. I, that makes. That's a big red flag right there. When yeah, right. We're gonna want right, to. Right, we're right. gonna want to dig on that. Yeah. I'm a Christian and I don't go to church. This one is probably the one that makes me. Yeah, that one. That's where I'm like, whoa, okay, hold on. Uh, like, because literally, literally, Pastor Sunday said, if you claim a Christian and you have no intention or desire to go to church, stop calling yourself a Christian. Yeah, that's. I think is what he said. Yeah. I, he may not have been that firm, but that's what he was getting at, at least. I've, you know, I, I've said on Facebook many times, like. And, 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 and by the way, the Bible would back that up. Yeah, if I've said on on social media quite a bit that that if you're not attending a local church and you claim to be a Christian, uh, be a Christian, um, something's wrong. You have yeah. a there's well, some. Well, I would say if if you have no desire to attend a local church, I mean, yeah, there, there's all. There's well, yeah, all, obviously, there's exceptions. Like, to I'm, the rule. I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a phase right now where I was going to one church, but now I'm in the process of finding another church and. Um, couple weeks i haven't i haven't gone and whatever and you know yeah no i yeah simply not attending is not what we're getting at it's the being a part i have no desire to be a part of a local church yeah being being a part of a a community of believers that probably preach the word of god and yeah like stuff yeah yeah like stuff happens etc i'm a christian i don't believe the bible is the word of god Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right it goes back to what Alyssa said there um, childers, childers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, point yeah. number one. Right yeah, there. Uh, I, she doesn't believe. I mean, right there, you're saying the Bible's not. not the, I mean, not, it's not a lowered view. It's that I just don't think it is. Yeah, it's just you know, it's a, it's a, it's a. Uh, at that, at that point, at that point, I mean, I was at that point, I was officially reading this and going, okay, not to be mean, but why are you calling yourself a Christian? What exactly does that word mean for you? Yeah. When you say you're a Christian, what does that mean? Yeah. So. I, I am a Christian. I embrace uh, sex positivity. 
which includes but isn't limited to sex outside of marriage. So I'm, she did at least expand on this one because I was like, sex positivity. I've if you mean by that, that term, I don't like know. I've I've heard that before. It just means like you have to agree with their view of sexuality. Like homosexuality is okay, transgenderism. Well, that actually that's trans. Well, like just the, the term sex positivity just means like you just like sex is a good thing. Yeah. Well, see, I was like. I mean, I'm just looking at those terms. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I love that. That's I mean, great. Sex is great. Yeah, you're married. Yeah. I mean, look, my mom might be listening. <laughs> we got to leave this one. <laughs> hey, I'll be, there. I'll be there one day, hopefully. I'll, yeah. yeah. But anyways. Hey, I, I got you, bro. I hey, got you. We are Christians and God made it. We yeah. can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. No, that you're right. I'm just, I'm yeah. joking. But, but no. I'm sorry, Jared's re- mom. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> she actually listens to the podcast. So. <laughs> so, literally, seriously. Sorry, Jared's mom. Yeah. What's up, Mom and Lisa? Uh, Anyway, but Your mom's uh, name is Lisa? Yeah. Mine too. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. Dude, we got so much in common. Yeah. What's up, mom? <laughs> that um, was to my mom. I guarantee yeah. my mom will listen to this. Yeah. So sex positivity, like, if just reading that, like, yeah, like, sex is good. Yeah, great. But she, what she means by that is, oh, have this um, unorthodox, Basically, ungodly view. Do, yeah. Just plain and simple, sex is okay. Do it. Like, yeah, when I, whatever yeah. content. And being gay is okay. Yeah. Take off the boundaries, man. Yep. Have yourself a good old Swing. Time. You can swing. Uh, yeah, swingers. Yeah. Polygamy, babe. All right. Yeah. So, um, I am a Christian, and I believe everyone has access to God. Everyone. everyone. Yeah. All like, caps. <laughs> what do you got on that one, man? I'll let you take that one. <laughs> Again. Okay. What do you mean by Access. I mean, I assume she means like a way to get to God. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, you know, you know what? You know what would be really fascinating though, if you want to be a real like like uh, prickly theologian, is to uh, you know say like, well, if, either deny that non-believers have access to God because they don't have the Spirit, right? Or right. or what you could do is then it comes back to the whole sinner's prayer thing and say. Well, technically, the sinner's prayer is prayed by a non-believer, so do non-believers have access to God? Well, I would say most, I would say the faithful Christians I know would say that you have to have a Now, preface, I'm not a, a big true, fan. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the sinner's yeah. prayer. Yeah. Anyways. You have to have saving faith, yeah. you know, repented, truly repented of your sin and had saving mm-hmm. faith in Christ to have access to God. Because mm-hmm. he, so we only have access to God and have peace with God. You were talking about this earlier, being reconciled to him. We only do that through Christ. Now, mm. a Muslim is not reconciled to God because he's not he or she is mm. not in Christ. Yeah. Same thing with a Jew. Yeah. Same thing with a Mormon. All that. Now we go into all those different discussions, but the thing, the point is, yeah. is Christ is our access to God. If he's not, then Christianity is completely done away with. It's, yeah. it's well, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Blown. I mean. I think Scripture. You put enough. You put enough pieces of the Bible together, and you start to get the picture that a non-believer is not going to want really want access to God. Right. Because they're they're either his enemies or um they're not drawn to him. Because, yeah. I mean Jesus says, um, you know, uh oh gosh, what is the verse? Um Is it which do you know the, the Father, I mean, basically, um I and the Father are one? No, that, no. John eight forty six. What is John eight forty six? Dang it. I don't know. Look man. it up. You have a Bible app. Well you better keep talking. I know. But anyways, um Hebrews was the first verse that came to my mind. Hebrews talks about um, we approach the throne of grace with boldness because we have a great high priest who is who is Jesus. And that would seem to indicate that the people who have access to God are the ones who are coming through the high priest who would be the Christians. Right. Um, so 
He said John eight forty six. I think that's it. Yeah, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak, why do you not believe me? Nope, that's not it. Okay. <laughs> nope, but I, never mind. I Dang it. I tried to be really yeah. smart, but it's basically like the father, the father's the one who does the drawing. Oh, um, uh, you do not choose me. The uh, is that John? Like John three? I don't know. John, John six. Three like John six. I think is what is you're it, referring to. Is it John six? Dang know. it! That's gonna bug me now. Yeah. You well, talk so I can go find it. Okay. So anyway. Thank you for letting me talk for for later. I got something to say about this next one here. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'm a Christian. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here's not this one. I wasn't. I wasn't really referring to that one. But I am a Christian. I do as I please, which is not to say I can harm anyone. That's never okay. So this is kind of, a, I guess, a form of antinomialism. Antinomialism. However you say it. It's basically the, the the belief that you know we can sin and do whatever. Paul obviously says that's not true and. So does Jesus in half the Bible. So there's that. But um, And then she goes on to say, I am a Christian, and I know Christianity has been used as a weapon of white supremacy for so long that any Christian who isn't actively dismantling white supremacy is harming people with their theology. So again, so this <laughs> okay. is going back to this is going to critical race theory. So she's viewing people so she's viewing Christianity as the oppressor. Uh, Christians as the oppressor, Christ, um, all other religious beliefs, um, religions are the oppressed. And so she's essentially saying that if you're a Christian and you're not actively dismantling the white supremacy within it, then you are complicit in it. Now, first off, I would I ask her, okay, what is the basis of, of the white supremacy within Christianity that, that's being used? Like, how is this u- being used as... Uh, you know, as a tool for white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't ever been used as that before, but I would say right now, how is that being used? And and so how and how do we, like, how do we fight this? Like, what do we do? Like, what's the answer? And and she would, I, I'm not sure what she would say. Well, I think that. I think essentially she's trying to paint you in a corner to, you've got to, you've got to respond to this problem the way I'm responding, or you're doing somebody harm. Um, again, to think carefully, there's, there, there's some complexity to this thought that she's giving. And so uh, um, I'm a Christian, and I know that Christianity has been used as a weapon for white supremacy. That's true. Well, it has been. It has yeah. been. And, 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 and With slavery. In, but... in our own nation's history, it has been, yes. Yes. So, yes, that's true. But here's, here's the thing, though. So here's the caveat. She says, so for so long that any Christian who isn't actively dismantling white supremacy present day um, is harming people with their theology. So now all of a sudden, because of what people have done in the past, if you're not responding the way I'm responding to the problem in the present, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. And that is where that, that, I mean, that is, um, that's critical race theory. We're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. With, with the racial tension. Oh yeah going on right now is that to be um, to be a Christian is to respond in this specific social response yeah um, and that's something that's kind of bugged me it's not enough to you know, be it's, it's, yeah. not racist you have to be anti-racist now and you define anti-racist as someone who is speaking against the system and, yeah, anti-racist, and anti-racist isn't being anti-racist anti-racist is being responding responding the proper way that they want you to. Yeah. It's another religion, actually. It's actually yeah. f- another form of fundamentalism, but just 
a, a different twist to it, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's not the same exact thing, but it, it's definitely the, like the leftist version of fundamentalism. And she is, is a proponent of that, yeah. obviously. And so, and, it, and it's, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's rough because like, you know, it's, it's, you know, to, to kind of to show a little bit of my cards here and, and, you know, try and do this respectfully. And like, for example, what she's saying is if you're not trying to dismantle white supremacy, a lot of the discussion is systematic racism today. Um, and I, I struggle I struggle to accept the idea of systematic racism. I always systemic, yeah, yeah, I, yeah systemic, whatever, yeah, systemic. Look at me go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> systemic racism. Words have meaning. <laughs> yes, systemic racism. Words yeah. matter. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's my new motto. Yeah. And um, but I, to me, it always boils down to racism is always a hard issue, always an individual person issue, and I don't think. I don't think any system can necessarily be racist. I think the individuals in that system can be racist. Yeah. But and yeah. I don't but to get to the point is because I also don't think you can respond systemically to a racial problem without creating some other form of yeah. racism. Well, I, and a perfect yeah. example, a perfect example, yeah, I'll give you the example and I'll be done. A perfect example is that of is affirmative action in colleges. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. To where you have to let a certain um, that your school population has to be a certain percentage of non-whites of african-american of latinos of asian whatever whatever um and you know the intent behind that is good you know you want to have give everybody a chance to to go to college there but at the same time you've whether you've intended to or not you've essentially created a new form of racism because now now once you get to a numbers crunch you got to start picking people based on their race yeah i mean that's, that's, that's that's true yeah that's that's that is that's racism yeah yeah i mean the whole part about systemic racism doesn't exist or not i think it it can exist and has existed and what i mean by that is like like racist people create laws that intentionally discriminate uh, or target a a a particular group based on their race i mean that's that is that's Mm. happened i mean slavery Mm. jim crow laws yeah you can kind of look at redlining a little bit and see that um, if you don't know what redlining is, look it up. It's a quick Google search. But yeah. the, it's illegal now. All those things are illegal now. And you, no one can really point to a, a single law or anything that is, is intentionally and um, directly racist. They can mm-hmm. point to to certain laws that create disparities between races. Now, mm-hmm. that does not mean that systemic racism, though. Mm-hmm. Systemic racism is not about disparities because disparities are always going to exist. Yeah. The goal of, of a lot of... Folks like Joe here, uh, uh, yeah, Joe. Um, their goal is the um, um, the um, equal. Um, sorry, what is that? Um, outcome of the equity or um, equality of outcome, not equality yeah. of opportunity. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they they want, want the we, equality means we all end up at the same spot, not we all had the same start. Yeah, like they, they want the, they not want, the same start because we don't all, have, have we don't we don't all have the same. They start. want have they want it's equality. Do you either do you want everybody to have to have an equal shot to get out regardless of where they start? So, yeah, or do you want everybody to end up at the same spot? Yeah, it, those so, are different. So the equality of outcomes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's what I meant to say. Equality of uh, so their 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 goal is equity. That's that's what I'm kind of pointing at. Is their goal is uh, the equality of of outcome that people everyone's outcome to be exactly the same. And the thing is, is that's not going to happen without some injustices being mm. perpetrated, uh, perpetu- perpetrated, yeah, whatever. whatever, committed, yeah, committed but, through um, those. And it, so the, yeah, it, and all comes, it all comes back to words too, yeah. you know, the, 
the um, the great Thomas Sowell once said oh, yeah. that if you poll ten people about their definition of equality, you're going to get ten different definitions. Yeah, I mean, same with systemic racism too. Like many yeah. people have different definitions of it, and like the thing is, is, is I think that those terms are completely unhelpful. And I mean, honestly, racism that that word is becoming unhelpful today, just just because it means so many different things. So, but anyway, so on to the next one. I am a Christian. I believe people know what's best for them. Sometimes that means running away from Christianity. I applaud them. Like, come on now. Like, okay, again, it's like it's <laughs> you claim to be a Christian, but then you, but but you stand. I mean, directly opposed to its message, like. Blat- blatantly, you're okay with people my rejecting friend, it. So yeah. I, I share, I shared, I shared these, I shared screenshots of these tweets on my Facebook, um, and one of my friends commented, and he summed it up perfectly. Basically, he was like, "She's got six or eight. Holy crap, she kept going. I didn't post all of these. <laughs> yeah, she's got quite a bit. She, I don't remember, but anyways, he posted like another one saying like, if she'd kept going, basically, this is what she would have said. And it was basically, I'm a Christian, but I get to determine what's true." And what's For right sure. and all this other stuff, For and sure. that's essentially what she's doing. Yeah, you know, which is progressive, which is postmodern, and yeah, and, and, and shit. People know what's best for them. No, no, they don't. God know, knows. Yeah, what's they, best they, for them. that's yeah, that's the whole idea is that we we try to take all that responsibility into our own hands and screwed it all up. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, after thanks, the uh, thanks, Grandpa Adam. <laughs> So the next one, after the amount of abuse I experienced inside of Christianity because of toxic people and toxic theology, for me, it's one of two. Having a faith and reclaiming it however I wish to or leaving faith altogether, there is no third option. And then she goes on to say, this is all together, so I'll read this one as well. There is no going back to evangelicalism. There is no embracing toxic theology to be accepted. Um, There are no mental hoops to ignore oppression. I'll run toward atheism as fast as possible if the condition to be a theist is that I have to embrace any type of toxicity or abuse. Again, what is your definition of toxicity or abuse? Does it is it people that treated you bad in certain local churches? Hey, guess what? I'm right there with you. I've been treated poorly by people in local churches before. I'm sure you have too. I'm sure everyone has. I've treated people poorly in local churches myself. Mm-hmm. Like I've been a jerk to people. Um, and that I've had to repent of that and go and apologize at times. But the thing is, is like, she's, I don't know what she means by toxicity, I guess. I don't know if she means like an environment that's just toxic and it's just full of negative people. Well, and she says there's, she's got, she says she's got two options. She mm-hmm. says she can either, um, have a faith and reclaim it however I wish to basically say, still be a Christian, but I get to determine what that means. Yeah. Um, or... Stop being a Christian altogether. Those are her two options, and she chose apparently right, yeah. to just basically redefine for her what it meant to be a Christian. Yeah. And I'm, and if if somebody else is considering those two options, I'm here to tell you there is a third option. If it's and it sounds like, in general, it sounds like it's based off some experiences with some people that she didn't like. Mm-hmm. There is a third option. Could it be possible that the Christian faith is true, and that? Um, the, the Christians you encountered were still sinful because they are and they messed up. Right. Yeah. They have to, they have to repent. And, and it's, yeah, just because we, just because someone doesn't properly exercise a truth does not make the truth not true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is we accept Christianity as it is. Mm-hmm. We don't get to 
recreate it and and form it mm-hmm. into what we believe it should be. Christianity is what it is, and it it is a a beautiful message of the gospel about Christ, His resurrection, His death for His people, um, His return. I mean, all those things, and it's been expressed throughout church history in certain ways. And there have been disagreements. There have been certain different expressions of this. For example, we've had, um, you know, for example, paedo-baptists, you know, people that are um, uh, agree with paedo-baptism. They believe in baptizing their infants and stuff like that. I disagree with that, but guess what? I believe they're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a different articulation of the faith to an extent, but it's still the same faith. Mm-hmm. And just like I would say the same about certain uh, certain other, like Methodists and uh, you know the OG Methodists, maybe not necessarily the right. current Methodists. Yeah, about, yeah, about half um, of them. Yeah, Episcopalians, same thing. Uh, Anglicans, same thing. I mean, Reform Anglicans now are pretty tight. Um, I've heard for they're pretty pretty solid um, in their faith, but no, like you know, just the the her. I, I think I think her desire is just is. She wants her own God. She is her own God, I would say. You know, she w- wants to worship herself. Not She wouldn't say that, but that's what she wants. Because she wants everything to be on her terms, like you said, and not on God's terms. Not mm-hmm. accepting what God says. But yeah, just, maybe, maybe calling yourself a Christian is just kind of that safety net of, I'm a Christian God, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's... it's um, this goes for anything, not just Christianity. Why would you claim? Why would you claim a system of beliefs while rejecting that system of beliefs? Yeah, I mean, might as well just. Re- I mean, you might as well just. Say What's the point? It's like creature and religion. I'm a, I'm a, La- I'm a Lakers fan, uh, but I don't have their stuff. I don't know any of their players. Um, um, yeah. And not only that, I think it's okay for Lakers fans to cheer for the Celtics. It's like. I even, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan again, and at that point, at that point, I'm going okay, but like, it's fine. Like in sports, is much less important than this is. But like, like, why would you call yourself a Lakers fan at that point? Just be a Celtics yeah. fan. Like, yeah. it's, it's okay. Like, just yeah. pull for the Celtics. That's what you're doing anyway. You're not whatever you're doing. You're not pulling for the Lakers. Whatever yeah. you're doing. Well, I'm definitely not pulling. For no, the Lakers. you're not. God bless you. Um, <laughs> but um, that's okay. You know, when when King James is hoisting the trophy. I don't care. Um, he can hoist all, whatever he all wants. will be all will be made right. Um, now that they have the season back, but um, but yeah, it's he's just like, like it's. I think he's gonna cancel. But it's uh, it's yeah. just yeah, it just it boggles my mind that that we live in a culture that accepts contradiction. Yeah, logical fallacies. Yeah, and yeah. we operate in a church culture that a lot of times accepts contradiction. Exhibit A: What well, the tweets we just read. Yeah, it's like so. I I see this so many times. I agree with abortion, but I don't agree with abortion. Like, I seriously, I've heard that so many times. Well, do you or don't you? It's like, <laughs> it's like just I mean, just, these are. I need you to pick yeah. a side. You know, it's a lot of these social justice people like that are, that claim to be Christians, and they're. I'm just kind of like, come on now, like, just admit it. You want to be a liberal, like that's what you want. Like you're. Trying so hard, you want to keep your faith intact a little bit, but you still want to, you know, be quote unquote loving. They bought into that lie that oh, to be loving is to agree with these certain things. I have to agree with universal health care and uh, you know be pro-choice and you know this type of immigration reform. You know all that. We can have good discussions about that, but that's not the definition of loving. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I don't know. I you know I, I hope Joe eventually will eventually repent and believe in Christ. Truly, that I really hope so. Uh, she she was claiming a lot of people were bullying her and all that. Again, they're not bullying you. I, maybe maybe some are. Maybe some are sending hateful yeah. messages yeah. to you. I don't but, know. I don't know the context of those tweets. I just know what yeah. those tweets said. Yeah. I read some of them. Most of them were were fine. I thought just like they were interacting with what she was claiming. I'm like those aren't those are not. That's not bullying. Bullying is demeaning your character and slandering you. And and that's a then that's another. I mean, that's another thing of all this. It's true of society in general, and it's true of church culture as well. Is that disagreement is no longer welcome, right? Which which um, eliminates any chance of discussion. Yeah. No. And any chance of finding uh, solutions or agreement. Right. Yeah. So, because to find to find true agreement, you have to risk being offended, and you have to risk yeah. you have to risk being disagreed with. Mm-hmm. And personally, what I have found is that when I'm in a discussion with somebody that I'm disagreeing with a topic on, those moments we do find agreement on, it's all that more satisfying because we actually know where each other stand now, and we have a better picture of who each other are. Um, we know where we disagree, we know where we agree, and we're actually able to have a better relationship now because we know the person that we're dealing with. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Amen, Brother Clayton. So, well, um, Clayton, you got anything else maybe you want to add? We've. Oh, I don't, I've probably talked enough to get myself in trouble in 15 years, so... When, I'll, I'll when these when these yeah. when these podcasts resurface <laughs> after after your after you're big and famous or I'm big oh, and famous yeah. and somebody wants to take us down um, yeah I hope that never happened actually the more the more and more I see stuff happen the more and more I'm like man and not and an anonym being anonymous wow <laughs> so okay. like finding Nemo and <laughs> being yeah. anonymous having nobody know who right. you are is more and more advantageous. That's could not agree more. Anyway, I was trying to come up with a big word to anonymous. I, I know that there's a word in there. Hey, I couldn't say. I can't pronounce whatever it. I couldn't say yeah. earlier. I'd you went. It. You went from autonomous to anonymous. Yeah. That but there was another one. Yeah, uh, I did like three times uh, already. God bless you. Uh, equity. Uh, yeah. Outcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But either way, um, I meant what I said, and if it's not clear, said what I said, and I meant what I meant. Hey, I got open messages. You can Facebook me. You can comment on Podbean, all that. Hey, look, people, if if you want to review or five star this this podcast, do it because this was it was. I mean, I had Clayton on. I mean, so that deserves a five. That's star. right. Apparently, that's what the people wanted. Exactly. So I've given, I've listened. I, see, I'm already listening to my fan base. There I'm, you go. I'm yeah. really happy. <laughs> yeah, guarantee you, ninety nine percent of people who listen to this have no clue who I am. That's fine. It's probably better. I don't know. Way. Actually, I don't know. I mean. I don't know who listens to yeah. this, but actually, I'm sure there's a dose of Southwestern people, so. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so um, thanks for coming on, Clayton. Appreciate you coming on again. Well, thank you for having me again. I always do enjoy these talks, so anytime. All right. Well, we'll have to get uh, do another uh, podcast on uh, progressive Christianity, maybe review a book or something or article written by a progressive christian or something like that i don't know we'll, we'll have to come up with a, a way to talk because i want to keep talking about progressive christianity i'm i'm very interested in the topic and you know i'm a church history guy so i i, inter- I love interacting with liberalism in general um you know theolo- theological liberalism i should say 
So, but anyway, well, um, guys, thank y'all so much for listening to today's podcast. Um, I pray and hope that the Lord uh, blesses and guides you this week. Um, so anyway, God bless.